so we're concluding the series Jesus is today. And Jesus is has been a theological look at what like Jesus's mission statement is. What was he actually doing here? We talk a lot about what he teaches and what he did for us on the cross and different things like that. But we don't often talk about the theology behind that and like what is really going on behind the scenes. And so this series has been about really kind of behind the scenes of the why Jesus does these things. Why does he hang out with sinners? Why does he hang out with prostitutes? Why does he hang out with tax collectors? Why does, what's, the, what's the point of all this? Why does he do that? Why did he choose to do that? And so today we conclude that series, and uh, next week we will start a new series called Leverage. And leverage will be about how we leverage our resources, our time, talent, and treasure to benefit the kingdom of God. How do we get the most out of what God has given us, no matter what that is? Whether that's um, the, the special gifts that he's given you, the way he's constructed you, the way he's organized your brain. How do we get the most out of the resources God has given you? And so we're entitling that series Leverage, and that'll happen for the next couple weeks. We're looking forward to that. So Today, as we conclude, Jesus is, is maybe even a little controversial title for you, but the title is Jesus is Fun. Jesus is Fun. Now, at Grow yesterday, when I told them what the title of today's message was, they laughed. And it was a little bit more of nervous laughter, like, can that really be what's going on? Um, Could that really be what the title of the message is? But Jesus is Fun. And often when we think about Jesus, I don't know if we think about Fun. When we think about church, I don't know if we think about fun, but it is true. And so today I want to delve into what that can look like for you and for us as we live life. Because when we think of Jesus, we should think fun. And bear with me for a second. Uh, Maybe that that comes up in your head. Uh, Maybe you're being a little irreverent there, Jared. Maybe you're being a little crazy, but think about it this way. Anytime you see Jesus, almost every single story about Jesus in the Bible takes place in one of two places. It takes place at a party, or it takes place at the lake. The lake is basically my favorite place to be in the whole wide world. In a couple weeks here, I get to go open my mother-in-law's lake cottage, uh, or I I think the, the hipster way to refer to this cottage is a tiny home. But uh, as we go open uh, that, um, that wonderful place and get the, uh, the water running and electricity back on and all that stuff, it's exciting times for the Hauser family because that is our happy place. In fact, it's so much so we were goofing around the house and the whirlwind of kids and the dog and the, the family circus thing going on in our house. All of a sudden, a commercial for Cabela's comes on about fishing and it wasn't me. It was my two six-year-olds, right? And they're just like, they're looking at me I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's coming. It's happening. You know, like, and both of them, commercial goes away. Daddy, we want to go fishing. I know. It's coming. It's soon. It's time. It was just, it's just, and then, of course, Bowen has to remind us all that he's caught the biggest fish out of the whole family. And, um, yeah, we, I feel bad about myself, and it goes on from there. But he already has fish stories at six, so it, it is what it is. So we just, we, you know, that is a fun place. It has great memories. It has, it's just, when you're doing ministry at a lake, you're not, you're, not, you're not suffering too bad, right? And this is where Jesus is at. He's hanging out on the seashore. He's hanging out there at the Sea of Galilee, and he's inviting and teaching people, and it's got to have this element of, this is fun. But then all the other times, he's at parties 
Some of these parties he's crashing. Some of these parties he's invited to. Some of these parties, they're just at weird uh, people's houses. But he's at parties. He's always finding himself at banquets, at parties. You can't always find yourself. People don't invite you to parties if you're Debbie Downer, right? You don't, Jesus is fun at these parties. He is the main event at these parties. Sometimes he's invited. I don't understand how the Pharisees invited him to these parties because they're like, Jesus, why don't you come over to our house so we can yell at you? I don't understand that party invitation type thing. If you get invited to my house for a party, I guarantee you something. You will not be yelled at. Well, maybe, but no, you will not. I'm not going to invite you over and be like, well, this is how you are wrong, Chris. I can't believe you did this. But let's, let, you know, let's roast some marshmallows. But I can't believe you. This is what the Pharisees are doing to Jesus. But Jesus takes those situations and he goes, you know what? I'm still going to make the best of the situation. Let's make this party fun. And this is what he does over and over and over and over and over again in the scripture. Jesus is fun. He's fun for us because of this truth. Life in Jesus is fun because you are free. Life in Jesus is fun because you are free. Say it again. Life in Jesus is fun because you are free. And freedom is fun. Since you are about 10 months old, no one likes to be told what to do. Woo! No one likes to fall off a stool and break their neck in front of 100 people. Uh, so we're going to put that to the side. Uh, no one likes to be told what to do. And so when Jesus comes, often we think about all the rules and regulations of church. We think, you don't think church, you don't think fun. We have to reclaim that. One of the top three rules, I have three rules if you're going to be a team member here at the church. The first one is you're going to have a yes face. You're going to look like you want to be here, right? The second one is you're going to do everything with excellence, not perfection, but you're going to do everything the best you possibly can do. The third one is you're going to have fun, it, whether you like it or not. You're going to have fun. Those are my three rules. Really hard to follow right there, right? But you're going to have fun because church needs to be fun. It should be the happiest place that you visit in the week. We should challenge Disneyland for the, the fun factor. Because they have a mouse, we have a savior. Life in Jesus is fun because you are free. Jesus, what he does is he sets us free from the obligations and the junk and the chains and the stuff in our life and sets us free. We as a church sometimes, we as a, a religion have made chains. We've made more rules because we're, we're uncomfortable with the relationship. We don't know how this is going. So we keep on putting more and more and more rules and obligations on that. But that's from us. It's not from Jesus. Jesus is about the relationship. Religion is about the rules. And this gets pretty serious in Jesus' time. And I think it gets pretty serious in our time. But the Pharisees get far off from this because they can't understand how Jesus is working. And so they have built all these rules. They've taken the Old Testament, and they are so scared of breaking one of the commandments or one of the rules in the Old Testament that they made more rules. And then those rules weren't good enough because if we break that rule, then I'm breaking a commandment. So, well, if I build another rule, then I've got, I got a buffer, insurance. Sin insurance, basically, is what they're trying to build, right? And so then the next time, they're like, let's build another rule on that one. So if I break this one, then I have a whole other layer of rules I can, I can maybe break before I break the Ten Commandments. And so they've got these layer upon layers upon layers of protection. Well, they get so caught up in what rules are getting followed and not followed that they forget about the relationship and about the God that wants to redeem them and save them 
and love them. I don't know about you, but I've been extremely guilty of that in church. That I build rules and rules and rules and rules so I don't maybe sin. I don't, I don't get caught in those things. That, but I just get so caught up in, in the rules that I don't step foot into the relationship. And for some of us, this is where we find ourselves. We need to take a hard look, and that's not fun. We need to take a hard look at how we're looking at our faith. When you're always thinking about rules, you know this, in a relationship, or maybe you have a boss who's always coming down on you for the rules. You know, your TPS reports have to be turned in on time. More people in here have seen office space than that. <laughs> so your, your forms have to be filled out right. Your T's have to be crossed and your I's have to be dotted and everything has to be done perfectly. And it's not about the work. It's not about you know, whatever product you are actually getting to give to people. You might even believe in that product. It's a great product, but you can't ever actually enjoy that because you're such under the microscope for all this junk that really doesn't matter. We've done that to church because we get comfortable in rules. I know if I'm in, I know if I'm right. I feel like I'm earning something if I stay within the rules. I got a video for you today to talk about these rules. Uh, you may have seen this show. It's the Big Bang Theory. And um, yes, I'm going to bring, bring back Big Bang Theory to church today. But the idea is that when we set up rules and we feel obligated for something, that we try to earn that back and we try to figure uh, this out. And so when Jesus's grace comes to us and we experience Jesus's grace, we build the rules in our lives so that we feel like, okay, I deserve the grace. I deserve the mercy. It, it's equal some way. And so we've got a video here that's going to illustrate this for you today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How's your leg? Very good. Thanks for asking. Come on in. <laughs> Oh, good, Penny. You're here to exchange gifts. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know I'm prepared for whatever you have to offer. Okay, here. Hmm. I should note, I'm having some digestive distress. <laughs> so if I excuse myself abruptly, don't be alarmed. Oh, a napkin. Turn it over. <laughs> to Sheldon, live long and prosper. Leonard Nimoy. He came into the restaurant. Sorry, the napkin's dirty. He wiped his mouth with it. <laughs> possess the DNA of Leonard Nimoy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, but look, he signed it. Do you realize what this means? <laughs> All I need is a healthy ovum and I can grow my own Leonard Nimoy. Be right back. Here, open it. Oh. oh, 
The gift certificate for motorcycle lessons. <laughs> Very thoughtful. Yeah, and I checked. Not letting the bike fall on you while standing still is lesson one. Oh, then I think you'll appreciate what I got you. Okay. Hundred and one totally cool science experiments for kids. You know, because you're so into science. <laughs> Sheldon, what did you do? I know. It's not enough, is it? Here. Saturnalia Miracle. <laughs> now, uh, immediately when I was writing this message, I thought, this is how I feel with our rules and obligations in church. Like, it was a gift that he could, that meant more to him than she could ever know, being the highest nerd honor of all time, right there with Spock's DNA. But when we think about it, we think of, kind of do the same thing with our rules and obligations in church. We have this amazing gift in salvation. We have this tremendous, beautiful, extravagant gift in the love of Christ, in the redeeming of us for not now, just yet now, but for all eternity. And instead of respecting the gift, Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> Instead of respecting the gift, we get busy checking things off our list. And this hit me because I know I've been so guilty of it. And so as we think about our lives, and that's not fun because then we put ourselves in a place of deficit. There is no way. You're always going to be a deficit to grace. There's no way you can pay it back. Stop it. You can't do it. You, you can't, you, you can't, but it, no, you can't. There's no way we can pay back that deficit. Instead of that, we just need to enjoy it. Like when your parents, you know, maybe, maybe this happened, your parents gave you a car and you gave them, you know, your dad a tie and your mom some gloves for Christmas. There is a serious deficit going on there, right? Wait, you, know, you might try to wash the dishes for the next month, but you're over that in about a week, right? It's just not going to happen, it's just, it's just, you can't repay that. What they did, what the extravagant gift is so much out of love that you cannot ever repay it. And for us, I think we build our rules and obligations and we, and we chain ourselves to ways of life that maybe God's like, no, 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 I don't need you to do, I want you to be with me. I want you to hang out with me. I want you to have life with me. That was the point. Jesus is fun because he gives you freedom. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. His whole point in living, his whole point in coming here to earth was to find you. You want to talk about a party animal, this is what happens. 
This is what the scripture says. When lost things are found, when broken people are made whole, there is a party in heaven. I don't know if it's like a peewee playhouse button when somebody says the word of the day, like, Dean got saved. You know, I don't know what happens. This is one of the the top like three things I'm looking forward to in heaven is having a party every time somebody gets saved. Like, I don't know if like strobe lights are going to start kicking in or what's going to happen, but come on. Do you understand how awesome this is? That every time a lost thing comes back into the kingdom of God, there is a party in heaven. This is one of the promises that Jesus has for us. Just as when any time there's a lost person gets saved here, I think we should reflect that. Come on. Jesus is fun. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came to throw parties for people. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Freedom is fun. And in Jesus, we have true freedom. John 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Since we were 14 years old, we've been longing for freedom, right? If I only get my driver's license, then I'll be free. If I only graduate high school, then I'll be free. If I can only pass this class in college, then I will be free. If I only will graduate there, if I only get my master's, if I only will get a job, if I only will uh, get a house, if I only can move out, We've been longing for freedom. And then we get older and we go, if I can only retire, then I'll be free. We're longing for this freedom in everything that we do. However we organize our life, we are longing for freedom. However, we're looking for it in the wrong spot. We are already set free in Christ. And that's the fun part. Ever, for our whole lives, we, we long for this freedom. We long to be out from the yoke of, of someone else. And here in John, Jesus is saying, I'm setting you free already. Oh, wait a minute, not in John. Wrong verse, sorry. Did I? There it is, good. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so they can have life and life to the full. What he's using there is a pasture, a shepherd metaphor, right? I'm going to be the gatekeeper. I get to open it. I get to close it, but I'm opening it, and you get to come in and out. And in and out. You get to go find your grass that you like. Find alfalfa if you want. Find hay if you want. You do your thing. You have fun. You frolic, you lambs, you. You frolic. That's what he's saying, right? Because for so long, it's been this gatekeeper mentality of you're closed in. You can't do this. You can't go there. You can't do this. Because the shepherd's like, with well, the crook, you, th- you get this idea like, get over here, stupid sheep. Get over here, stupid sheep. And that may even be the idea that we have of Jesus. But what he's saying about himself is, I open that gate and you can go in and out. I came to give you life, let you experience it all. 
Satan's the one that came to, to steal, kill, and destroy. I come to give you life. Jesus is fun because there's freedom in him. We build these obligations. We build all this to-do list out of rules and not out of relationship. In a relationship, you have these ideas of, I want to be better because I want the relationship to be better. Please don't hear me. I'm saying, oh, you can go sin as much as you want. It doesn't matter to God. He wants you to be free. That's absolutely the opposite of what I'm saying. But we, with religion, build the sinning part in first. I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, so I can earn this huge gift that God has given me. In a relationship, like with Kelly and I, right, I know, you know, the rules are don't cheat on your wife. This is a pretty good rule. Well, that's a rule, but without the relationship behind it, it kind of wanes. Like, why, 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 why is this a big deal? Because of the relationship, because of my extravagant love for her, I would never dream of doing in fact, I find myself doing stuff that I really don't like doing, like the dishes, right? Picking up dog feces in the yard. You know, all these things that you got to do, not because, oh, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, honey, let me change the diaper. I love doing it. No, you do it because of the relationship and you love them and you want to be closer to them. You're, 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 you get rid of other behaviors, stuff that you had before the relationship because you want to be closer to them. And this is when what holiness is, is making us do. Holiness is, is calling us to. It's not necessarily earning our salvation or listing of, of things. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. I must be a good person. I got this Jesus thing down, this Christianity thing down. No, no, no. I don't do these things because I want to go closer to his heart, closer to his heart, closer to his heart, closer to his heart. Jesus is fun because he frees us. You're free to be a few things here. Galatians 4, 7 says this. It's the promise of our freedom. So you are no longer slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God made you also an heir. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also heir, which means you are free to be yourself. When you're an heir, you get to be you. Right? You are free to be yourself. If you are going to be a nerd, be the best nerd you possibly can be. If you're going to be a jock, be the best jock you possibly can be. If you're going to be a grandpa, be the best grandpa you're going to be. If you want to be a mom, be the best mom you possibly can be. There's not obligations. There's not junk holding you down there. It is you're free to step into what you long for because that's what God has created you for. You are free to be yourself. Ephesians 2.8, we talked about this last week. We talked about it a little bit more today. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He created you the way that you are. And grow, yesterday, we do a whole like assessment, spiritual gifts and personality tests, because we're just trying to get you closer to how did God wire me? How did God create me? Because of this verse right here. He has made you and he has set you apart and he has given you a life that is meant for something more. Go and be it. 
And Jesus, we are free to love well. And loving well is fun. We're free to love well. Not free to love out of obligation or, well, that person's family, so I have to love them even though they drive me crazy. We're free to reframe that. I can love well. The people around me, I can love well. I don't have to have stipulations or obligations or how is this person going to make me look and is this going to help me climb a political ladder or a, or a social standing? No, 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 that's none of that. We're free just to love well because if you're a co-heir with Christ, you can't get any higher on the social spectrum. You hear that? If your identity is found in God, you can't get any higher than a co-heir with Christ. You're free to love well. You're free to follow your dreams. And Jesus, you have permission to chase them with everything you have. Whether that's being a whatever it is, you're free to follow your dreams. And that's fun. Scary, fun. And you're also free to change. You're free to change. You don't have to be the same person anymore. You can change. You don't have to hang out with the same people anymore. You can change that. You don't have to be the person you were a month ago. You can change that. I, my dad has a really goofy first name. And when he went to college, no one knew what his first name is. And so the first person that he met, he walked up to him and they said, Hi, my name is Dale. And my dad said, Hi, my name is Ray. And from that moment on, you know, from my dad, when he turned 18, basically, you know everyone, if you meet someone and they're calling him one name and they call him a different name, you know when they met my dad. Because he reframed it. He said, no, I'm changing. I'm free to do this. No one here cares what my first name is. No one knows. I am remaking myself right here, right now. It's a new start for me. In Jesus, we are free to do this restart. To say, you know what? I'm not going to be this anymore. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the person who was the addict. I'm not going to be the person who was, uh, who was you know, known by this reputation. I'm not going to be that guy, that girl anymore. I am free to change because what Jesus does is gives us a new start, a fresh beginning in his love. And that is fun. And then finally, we are free to make a difference. When you're having fun, you get to do things that matter to you and those around you. With that, you can make a difference in people's lives. You are free to do all of these things. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came to free us, to take us from being lost, because if you're lost, you don't have much freedom. He came to take broken things and set them right. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is fun. Because you are free. As we close today, I just want to ponder this and think about this. The band's going to come up and sing a song again for us uh, today. But before we do that, I just want to kind of center ourselves on this idea of what it is to be free, what it is to have fun in Christ. And asking the question, have I made this life more about the rules, the obligations, or am I about the freedom of Christ? You may not like the answer that you get as you ponder, as you think, as you reflect on yourself. But Jesus has come to set us free.
We need to step fully into that. We can't do anything ever to repay the glory that he's given us, the grace that he's given us, the mercy he's given us. But we can align our lives to step more and more close to him, to draw our hearts closer to him. That's what we're asking today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your gift. Thank you for that we can have fun in you, that church can be a happy place, that church can be a fun place, that our kids are giggling downstairs loud enough to come through the walls because they are enjoying themselves in your name. God, we love you for who you are, for what you've done for us. God, I'm sorry for all the stuff I've I've done and I've tried to make this relationship. I've tried to make it about rules. I've tried to make it about obligations. Right now, God, I want to walk in your freedom. The freedom to be me, to have security in that, to know that you have fearfully and wonderfully made me, that you know every hair on my head, every cell in my body. You know my personality. You know my quirks and you love me anyway. You know my failings and you love me anyway. You know my joys, you know my, my talents, you know my gifts, and you love me anyway. And God, right now I pray for this church, that we would be a, a church body who steps into this relationship, that we'd be a people that have fun with you, that we wouldn't be the people on the outside of the party pointing and going, they're doing it wrong, that we'd be reclining at the table with you, laughing and having a time of our lives. Lord, we love you, and we praise your name. Amen.